I want to encourage you now to grab your Bible and turn with me to Exodus 20. We'll be at verse 8 here in just a moment. Exodus 20, verse 8. We've been in this series entitled, Live the Ten. As I alluded to in my prayer a moment ago, God is not just calling us to know the Ten Commandments. He's calling us to live the Ten Commandments. I want to ask you tonight, how, how many of you here have some stress in your life tonight? Just raise your hand. And how many feel like you are just stressed out tonight? You have some stress, but you are stressed out. Just about every person here has some kind of stress in one way or another. We are a society that lives in a stressed out pace. Because of that, there's an unbelievable number of remedies for stress that's in our culture. There's relaxation tips that people give. There's meditation methods. There's yoga. There's tai chi. There's deep breathing. There's massage therapy. We have stress reduction techniques and seminars all around us. There's counselors, there's countless, countless books that talk to us about how to lower the level of stress in our life. It seems like everyone has something to say to us about how to reduce our stress. I want to share with you a, a stress relief tactic that I won't charge you for. You don't have to go to a counselor to find this one out. You know, in life, and in, in, it's in your life as well, there's some people that are kind of joy suckers in your life. Sometimes I refer to them as extra grace required people. I mean, it just takes every amount of grace that you have to muster up to try to care and love for them. We all have people like that. If you can't think of anybody like that in your life, you may be that person for the person next to you. Well, when you think about a stressful situation, you know, it's, it's one thing that I can do is when I go out and play golf from time to time, which is not that often, so I can build up some stress, and in my mind, I can just imagine drawing the, the face of that person on my golf ball. And it's just amazing the stress relief that can happen as you just kind of imagine that stressful situation, and you can line up and just smack it on into oblivion. It doesn't help my golf game very much, but it sure feels good to kind of just take it out on the golf ball. It's amazing the things that we can try to do to relieve some stress, and none of them come even close to God's stress relief mechanism that he has given to us. You see, this stress relief he has given to us is rooted in this fourth commandment. It's the commandment that says, keep the Sabbath day holy. If you stay engaged with me over the next number of minutes, I believe that this principle, this truth, could literally be transformational in our life. If we see this as not just a suggestion, and not even just a command, but a way for the Holy Spirit to give freedom in our life, it can bring about much needed change. Turn with me to Exodus 20, and let's begin as I read Verse 8 through 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work. But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. 
On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. Then he rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. This last verse is a reference to creation and the creation story in Genesis, in the beginning. If we would turn back a book, we would see in Genesis 2, verse 2, On the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was a day when he rested from his work of creation. Now, I want us to get this straight just from the start this evening. God didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. God is an almighty, all-powerful God. He wasn't in need of a nap. He wasn't in need of a vacation. He wasn't just exhausted. No, God rested to model for us the principle of the Sabbath. He was teaching us how to live from the very creation of the world, giving us a model of what rest would and could look like. He's trying to talk to us about this principle here that will keep your life and my life in balance, helping us to manage our stress and to make us healthy in every way. It is living a life-honoring cycle of the Sabbath that relieves stress in our life. Now, the very word Sabbath means to cease to desist. I want you to listen to a quote from the book, The Bomb, The Time Bomb in the Church, Diffusing Pastoral Burnout. This book dedicates an entire chapter to the Sabbath and God's prescription for burnout. Listen to these words. The Sabbath rest involves more than a day, more than rules, and more than worship. It involves a cycle, a rhythm, a pattern. It involves a fundamental principle of obedience that influences lifestyle priorities. In order to keep this Sabbath day holy, it's critical that we understand this distinction. Keeping the Sabbath day, it's more than just taking a day off or following God's rule. It's more than that. It's more than just going to church on Sunday. You see, if we are legalistic about this commandment, if we allow this to be a legalistic thing, all of us will miss the great rest that's for us. In fact, I guess if we were legalistic in observing the Sabbath, we wouldn't really be worshiping on Sunday. We'd be following the Jewish pattern of the Sabbath on Saturday. But as Christians, not being legalistic to this, but having the freedom in the law, we worship Jesus on the resurrection day, the Lord's day being Sunday. In fact, this is important for us to remember as we dive into what does it mean to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We need to be a part of this rhythm, this cycle of life, every seven days that God has for us. Whether you honor the Jewish Sabbath on Saturday or the Christian celebration day on Sunday, we need to honor the Sabbath day. In fact, for some of us, you may be in a category like me that to to really live out the Sabbath principle, we have to understand that that maybe the Sabbath principles apply 
more than to just Sunday. My Sabbath is not Sunday. I love Sunday. It is my favorite day of the week. Somebody asked me after a second service today, they said, are you tired? And I said, yes, isn't it great? When you get to do what you were created to do, it's a wonderful thing to come to the end of your energy and say, I've left it all on the table. But for me to honor the Sabbath day, it's, it's giving of myself on Sunday. But for me, my Sabbath is on Friday. And that is a day where I give that day to the Lord and I spend it with family and I allow him to recreate me. See, Christian recreation is when we allow the Lord to recreate us. Are we living the principle of the Sabbath? Are we honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy? We can be tempted to approach this in a legalistic manner. Or we can say, Holy Spirit, would you breathe on this for me and talk to me what it would be like for me to live this Sabbath principle? Keeping the Sabbath is ordering your life around a God-centered cycle. Staying in tune with the rhythms of the Holy Spirit and patterning your life after Jesus. See, unless this principle becomes a lifestyle that governs us, we may go to church on a particular day, we may cross things off our list of what we do and what we don't do on a particular day, but we'll never really honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It will just be a religious rule, void of any power to transform our life. We'll just go on trying to manage our stress in our own strength. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life into this for us, it can be a gift of all gifts. See, the purpose of the Sabbath in Scripture encompasses two cycles of life. I want you to look at this with me. The first, the Bible talks about the Sabbath in terms of a seven-day cycle. Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. God instructs Moses, Tell the people of Israel to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you forever. God entered into a special covenant relationship with the people of Israel. They were his children, his chosen people. And much the same way that man or a woman enters into a marriage covenant, and they commit themselves to one another. God has committed himself to you and I. And this Sabbath cycle is a sign and evidence of his covenant with his people. In the same way that this wedding ring represents a commitment that I have made to carry, the Sabbath day represents a commitment that God has made to his people. And it can be a celebration of the mutual commitment and relationship with each other. You see... The purpose is stated in this next verse. It helps you remember that I am the Lord who makes you holy. See, God says the the purpose of the Sabbath is to remind us of two things. One, reminding us that I am the Lord, God says. And also reminding us that God is the one who makes us holy. Now circle those phrases in your outline there with me. Well, what does it mean? God says, I am the Lord. This means that everything belongs to him. So underneath that phrase, right in there, everything belongs to God. If I'm going to get these principles of Sabbath down, I need to understand that God is the one true God, and everything I have is his. 
One reason that it's so important for us to set apart one day a week to rest and to reflect is to remind us that everything we have is not really ours. It's the Lord's. He is the boss. It's all about Him, and it's reminding ourselves of the fact that He has everything under control. See, the way we think, the way we talk, the way we relate to other people, the way we spend our time, the way we spend the other six days of the week, it will reflect what He is doing in our hearts on the Sabbath. We need to understand that everything we've been given is not ours. It's kind of like when you borrow something. If, if I would borrow a, a tool from Pharaoh, I'd go to his house and I'd say, Pharaoh, I hear you've got a lot of great power tools. I don't know if you do or not, but I'm going to speak that in faith. And, and, and here's a particular tool that I need, and, and, and could I borrow it from you? And you may be gracious enough to say, sure. And I would take this tool home, and, and I would plug it in, and, and before I would use it, it would go through my mind, I've got to return this. I want to return it not only in working condition, I want to return it maybe even better than I found it. I may want to clean it up more. I may want to pack it up a a neat and and, and perfect way to give it back to you. And, And God is teaching us this same principle with the Sabbath. Reminding us in a rhythm of life, every seven days, what you have been given is not yours. Your life, your ability to earn a living, your family, every good and perfect gift has come from Him. And every seven days to stop and say... God, thank you for what you have entrusted to me on loan. I want to be reminded on a consistent basis that I am not even my own. The breath in my lungs I can't do in my own strength. You have given it to me. You may begin to see that this Sabbath day is a whole lot more than a rule on if you should cut your grass on Sunday afternoon or not. This is about a lifestyle of honoring the Lord and taking time to allow the Sabbath to be a part of a rhythm of life. That's the purpose of the Sabbath, to remind us that everything we own really isn't ours. And better, it's to be a good steward of all that he has given to us because he says, I am the Lord who makes you holy. Write that underneath that phrase. Everything is holy. Everything is holy. We tend to categorize our life in in a couple categories. The the sacred and the secular. We say the Bible is holy, but my iPhone is not holy. The church building is holy, but my house isn't holy. God's tithe is holy, but the rest of the 90% is not holy. These people over here are holy, but those over there are not holy. This time here is holy, but this time over there is not holy. See, the purpose of the Sabbath is to remind us that everything belongs to God, and so everything is sacred, and even in the secular, there is to be an honoring of God. When you really understand this truth, it will change the way you and I live our life. It will change our attitude towards the things and the activities that we have been labeling secular. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. To remind us that everything that's been going on the rest of the six days is His as well. And to pause and to reflect on His holiness that invades every ounce and every space of our life. Every seven days, God commands you and I to stop, to reflect that He is the Lord, and it is He who makes us 
fully. The Bible also talks about not just a seven-day cycle, but a seven-year cycle. In biblical times, societies were primarily agricultural. They lived off of the land. They understood how sacred the land was. So God gave them instructions about giving the land its Sabbath, its rest as well. Listen to Leviticus 25, verse 3 and 4. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops, but during the seventh year the land will enjoy a Sabbath year of rest to the Lord. Do not plant your crops or prune your vineyards during that entire year. You see, Israel failed to obey this command to rest the land every seven years. It's interesting to me, and I think it's worthy of a note, to see that God's people were exiled into Babylon for 70 years. When you do the math, from when Israel entered the promised land to when they went into exile, you discover that 70 years is the exact number of Sabbaths that the Israelites failed to rest the land. In other words, I believe God is saying, if you don't give me the Sabbath, I will take it from you. See, you, you've heard me say it before. I, I hope you hear me say it hundreds of more times over the next number of weeks. You and I, we don't break the Ten Commandments. They break us. God has given us this commandment to be a blessing to us. And so I don't break the Sabbath. If I don't honor the Sabbath, it begins to break me. God has given us this as a gift to keep us recreated in Him. Keeping the Sabbath is for your own good, for my own good. I I think the reason that life is so stressful today is because we have, by and large, ignored this commandment. We don't immediately see the result of disobeying the fourth commandment like we do the sixth commandment. And the sixth commandment says, you shall not murder. And it's pretty easy to see the downfall of not obeying this command. And, and so we sometimes put it in another category and we look at obeying the fourth commandment, remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy as kind of a suggestion. Or, well, if I don't do it, well, then I'll just try to kind of get good with God later. But it has dire consequences as well. It is killing the life that is intended to be in us when we don't honor the command that God has given us. See, when we fail to keep the cycle of the Sabbath in our life, we need to be sure and and, and clear on what we're seeing here. We're not impressing God with our hard work. We're setting ourselves up for destruction. I think sometimes we have confused or we have bartered with ourselves and we say, well, as long as I am doing something productive, then it doesn't matter that I'm not honoring this pattern of Sabbath in my life. God is not sitting up there saying, oh, look at my son, look at my daughter. I'm so thrilled that they're a workaholic. You know, if that's a phrase that you have used, let me encourage you to just like get that out of your vocabulary. I don't know why we think that referring to an addiction to work is a compliment. If we're confessing a need one to another, then that may be appropriate. But God help us if we think good about ourselves and we say, God, (laughs) I am addicted to my work. I think the Lord says, well, no wonder you have 
stress and pain and sorrow in your life? What if you would be more addicted to me? What if you'd be more committed to me than the work that you do? Now, this is not a call to be lazy. I was talking to a friend this afternoon, and they said, well, Pastor, that message this morning was good and how we don't need to uh, pay as much attention about what other people think. We need to pay more attention about what God thinks. And, and that person said to me, I may be in danger of going the other direction because I don't really care what anybody thinks about me anywhere. And any principle, any truth, there can be balance that needs to take place. And, and so this is not to say, well, I'm going to honor the Sabbath, and I don't want to be a workaholic, so I'm not going to do any work at all. Well, the scripture has a lot to say about responsibility and hard work, and, and that will be for another teaching in time. But this is about a seven-day cycle, a seven-year cycle that the Lord calls us to honor. Now, here's some application for us. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. The Sabbath cycle is God's design to do a couple things. One, to keep my life in balance. And two, to keep me dependent on Him. If I honor the Sabbath, these two things will happen as a natural byproduct of this obedience. It will keep my life in balance. It doesn't mean your life will be perfect. It doesn't mean that you'll never ever have anything stressful in your life. It will keep your life in balance, and it will keep you and I dependent in a regular pattern on Him. When my life gets out of balance, my stress goes up. When my life is in balance, my stress goes down. When I act as if I am in control, my stress goes up. When I act as if he is in control, my stress goes down. Well, let's get practical about this. Keeping the Sabbath holy really means that God wants me to rest my body. That's what he's asking us to do. On the Sabbath, you say, well, well, Pastor Brady, how can I honor the Sabbath? I want it to be a regular part of my seven-day cycle and a seven-year thing. And, and what is exactly required to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Well, I think God is calling us, and there's some scriptural evidence, for us to rest our body. Did you know that even our Supreme Court has ruled that it is constitutional for municipalities and businesses to shut down on Sunday? It's not because of a religious reason, but it's because they recognize that woven into the fabric of every human life is the need for periodic rest. The psalmist understood this in Psalm 127, verse 2. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to the ones he loves. Do you realize that sleep is a gift from God. That's a good place to say amen. If you're tired, you missed it. You need some sleep. You could have said amen right there. You know, it's interesting, I think, how some of us maybe feel guilty when someone talks about only needing four or five hours of sleep, and you begin to think, well, man, if I was a good Christian, and if I was a, a saint, I would, wouldn't need very much sleep. But, but sleep is a gift from God. Don't feel guilty about sleeping. God has created us to be in a pattern, a cycle of sleep. Now, if you're sleeping 16, 17, 18 hours a day, that may be evident of some other kind of challenge or issue that you're walking through. But, but there is a call, a need to rest. God designed our body for rest, and the Sabbath is a part of that help. Even a high-performance engine will break down if you run it wide open all of the time. 
Now, since we're on this number seven, that may be a helpful place for us to start with sleep. Not in a legalistic format, but that may be a good rule of thumb for us. What if we would take seven hours a night to rest? Some may need a little bit more, some may need a little bit less. But what if we could allow this rhythm of life to be a part of even our sleep pattern? I think it's good for us to see that rest is a gift from God. God wants me also to release my stress. Keeping the Sabbath holy looks like this. God wants us to release our stress. You know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Remember the next phrase? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How many of you are dog people? I know there's cat people out there. Let Let me just do it this way. How many are cat people? Wonderful, I'll pray for you. How many are dog people? Oh, there we go. I'm just having fun. How many of you have a pet, a dog, maybe a cat, that is restless? And and you you try to have them sit down or or, or lay down, and and you just take your hand and you, you put it on that dog's back, and you say, lay down. And they lay down, and as soon as you lift your hand, they get up and they run circles around you again. And you say, no, stop, sit, heal, lay down, and you can press them down, and they may lay there for a little bit. We have a dog at home named Coco, and and whenever we tell Coco to sit, she may sit, but it's with all anticipation of running again soon. And so even as she's laying down, and we may put our hand on her, her back and push her down, you can feel her panting, ready to run and race somewhere. You know, that's one thing when we think about a pet, but I think... The Father looks at us the same way. This passage of Scripture says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. I think some of us here tonight need to think about that word picture of God the Father putting His hand on your back, causing you to lay down in green pastures, and as soon as He lifts His hand, you just get up and start running circles again. He says, No, stop. Just lay down in my presence. Rest in my presence. Let me recreate you. It's interesting the things that we have made recreation, entertainment, adrenaline, pleasure. How much of the things that you do for recreation actually recreate you? How much of it actually makes you feel more drained than when you started that recreation activity? I believe God wants to recreate us in this time of Sabbath, releasing our stress. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. God wants you and I to release our stress, to let it go, to lay down in green pastures, to stop, to smell the roses, to take in the blessings he has for us. We also see that God wants us to renew our perspective. Keeping the Sabbath day holy is God's way to help me keep right perspective. Here's a question. Jesus asks us that we would do well in thinking every Sabbath day in this way. He says, if you would stop and see who I am on a regular basis, it would change your outlook on life. In fact, you might want to cut this verse out and you may want to tape it on your mirror or put it on your fridge or someplace you'll see it this principle is so true mark 8:36 and 37 
And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than my soul? You see, the perspective God gives to us is, I can be about all kinds of good work, but if I lose my own soul, what is the use? This verse puts it in perspective for us. God wants me to renew my perspective every week. And and finally, God wants me to rebuild my family. Next to our relationship with God, our relationship with our family is so important. Next week, we're going to look at this call to dedicate our time and investment in our family. But I want us to at least touch on it here tonight. I want to challenge you to invest time in your family. Invest time in a Sabbath day in your family. I may have a privilege of pastoring one of the greatest churches in our denomination, and it is a blessing way beyond anything that I've ever deserved. But if I do great things in ministry and I lose my marriage or I lose my daughter, what kind of success is that? God has called us to understand in this resting is a call to love and invest in our family. It should affect more than just us. God wants me to rebuild my family in a time of Sabbath. And then one final thought here, and I'll be through. God wants you and I to reorder our priorities. Matthew six thirty three, He, God, will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Chances are that the Holy Spirit has convicted you about the way you have possibly disobeyed or not lived out the commandment of keeping the Sabbath holy. Your stress level may have risen in the last number of minutes, becoming anxious about one more thing you have to do to honor the Sabbath. But I want to challenge you to remember that you and I, we don't break the commandments. They break us. This is not a message or a word of warning to make you feel guilty, to feel under the gun. This is to say, stop And let God love you through his commandments. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love us enough to give us your top ten commandments. Each and every one of them you've given to us for our own good. I thank you for what you've been teaching us that there's no other God before you. To remind us that this is not just a list of rules. This is all about you and it's not even really about us. You've called us not to worship any idol. Father, you've been teaching us what it looks like for us to place anything in the seat that was created for you, the number one seat in our life. You've taught us Not to take your name in vain. Not to misuse your name. Not to treat it lightly, but to honor your name and allow it to have authority and power in our life. And I pray tonight, Lord, that it would take on a new meaning in our life to remember your Sabbath day and keep it holy. Lord, I pray that you'll protect us from a legalistic approach that will try to squeeze this into an hours and minutes and a chore and a task list of what we can and cannot do. But Lord, I pray that you will call us to be a part of a seven-day cycle 
where we will allow our body to rest, our soul to celebrate and be recreated in you, to invest in our family, and to allow you to de-stress us in a world that is so much entangled in the trap of doing. Thank you, Father, that we can actually sing, It is well with my soul. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.